97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Utah getting ready to face Arizona. Saturday, 2 o'clock, Kyle Whittingham is going to speak to the media in 20 minutes. We're going to have it right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And PK, we are getting a lot of feedback from you fans who are clearly feeling it. They're ready for a game. It's go time. And by the way, they'll take one last swipe at BYU as they go by. Please do. Uh... <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Juice it up, PK. Uh, Ross says, BYU play for the national championship against San Diego State. Then we will know which of the two is the best in the nation. And I know Ross, and he's a San Diego State fan. Way to go, Ross. Way to, way to inject yourself into this conversation. Nelly says they're going to lose next week, and all the talk's going away. Ryan says, BYU's good, but they aren't top 10 material. It's not out of the realm that they're top 10 material. You know, one of the things that, you know, watching that game, and we knew the game was going to be decided before it even took the they took the field, right? We knew one team was way better than the other. But when you look at that very first touchdown drive, I think Algier capped it with a short run. But the play that I'm talking about was the long pass down the right side, heading in the north end zone. And Gunnar Romney made the reception. The kid, I have no idea who it was. I don't remember from uh, who they, who they play, Western Kentucky. I gotta gotta think about that. But the kid had Romney guarded pretty well, and Wilson put the ball right on the money. I mean, right there. And what was it? Forty some yards was the gain. I can't mm-hmm. remember, but it was a long pass. And that's not about the level of competition because the pass was well guarded. It's about the level of talent to be able to get the ball there and Romney making the reception, right? Now, it looked like Zach Wilson's going to play in the NFL. And Romney came in uh, as a receiver. Can Help me out, Yach. Can I make this statement that Romney came in as a receiver with as much or – better than any high school recruit coming into BYU since Austin Collie. He was getting comparisons to Austin Collie, so you are correct. Yeah. So the point being, this kid came in with a lot of run. He had a lot of opportunities to go wherever he went. He played at the powerhouse at Chandler, and Conover, who's on the team now, was his quarterback as a grade ahead of him, if I remember correctly. It separated correct. a little bit more because uh, Conover went on the mission. Romney did not. But nevertheless, that's a big-time play. So to say they're not totally worthy of the top 10 ranking, I don't think you can say that. Has their schedule been inflated? Has the record been inflated by the schedule? I think you can say that. <laughs> but uh, who's to say that they're not that good? And they got, they got this opportunity. I really hope that the uh, people who follow college football can pump up this game the way it deserves to be pumped up. And I really hope that when we have, uh, we know that uh, ESPN with Herb Street, they've done their thing. Well, Fox is trying to get up there too with their pregame stuff. And, you know, they got big names with Bush and Leinard and Urban Meyer. And uh, it's going to be Pac-12 Central Saturday morning because that game is kicking off uh, SC and the Devils at 9 o'clock L.A. time, 10 o'clock our time. So the thing goes on at 7 our time, right? And uh, they should, or at 7 L.A. time, they should pump that thing up, the result of the night before. I hope they give it its due 
diligence in terms of reporting on the game. A lot of what they talk about is what's to come that afternoon. We understand that. But I'm what I'm hoping is that Saturday morning, both ESPN and Fox spent a fair amount of time on the result of this game Friday night because these are two good football teams. Well, a couple things. One, you know, the, the schedule they're playing, you know, you're not in the Power Five. Now there's two things. There's the you're not in the Power Five, and then there's the schedule BYU's been forced to play this year. But if you go back just, just the last five years, you know, we're, we're in the playoff era. Teams that aren't in the Power Five, the best team has finished 6th, 8th, 11th, and 15th. So when you tell me BYU's 9, it's like, well, if they're the best Power Five team, they're, they're kind of in the range, right? A couple teams yeah. have finished higher, a couple lower. Now, the thing you got to look sure. at is Cincinnati's another Power Five team, another non Power Five team that looks really good, and they're sixth right now. You know, and how is that going to play out? And we can sit here and predict how the games are going forward, but we know that realistically, no matter who you are, it is hard to predict more than 70% of the games correctly. You know, stuff happens. And it's unpredictable, and that's why we watch the games. It's dramatic. It's crazy. I didn't see that coming. Right. That's the stuff you can't predict. But that's the stuff that makes it fun. Because when you literally predict 10 games in a row, it's boring. I knew how all this was going to go. But I don't think that the range they're in is um, outrageous for a very good group of five team. You know? And and BYU has been in this, uh, this bizarro land with... You know, they're, they're power five to some conferences when they schedule, but nobody lets them in. They're not really group of five, but they don't have access. And, you know, but this year, they've had to play the straight group of five schedule. They are more group of five this year than ever f- before, just because of who they had to play. And we got plenty of Ute fans reminding us. I mean, I could just sit here and read them for the next 10 minutes, but that's not really why you turned on the radio. But trust me, there's plenty of Ute and probably Aggie fans reminding us of this. But the best group of five teams... The Cincinnati's, the Houston, UCF, when they had it going, you know, this yeah. is the range that they exist in. So it goes back to what you said earlier this morning. Boise State's got the rep. There aren't that many games this week that match ranked teams. Clemson-Notre Dame is obviously the game of the week, right? It's number one versus number four. That's the game. Florida-Georgia is a good game, although Florida's coach— Florida-Georgia line? No. No. <laughs> Florida-Georgia game— I love my country. Neutral site, Jacksonville. I don't know if Florida's coach will dress dress as Darth Vader. That was weird. Dan Mullen. I mean, that's Utah. You go, Coach Mullen. (laughs) Coming out waving waving at the crowd. Got blitzed way after the fact. That was gross. gross. It should should have been kicked out of the game. He goes like three full steps after he throws the ball. You got two top ten games. You got Florida, Georgia, and you got the Clemson Notre Dame game. Those are the two. And then you got BYU, Boise State, and Michigan, Indiana, the only other two games matching ranked teams. So to your point, I got something for you. There ought to be something there to pump it up. Now, it's not going to kick till 745 Mountain Time, 945 in the East. Maybe that's all the more reason for them to play it up Saturday morning because the people were up early Saturday morning. Friday night. Come on, you got nowhere to go for that. I don't want to hear that. It's going to go till one in the morning. 1.30 1.30 in the morning. People are going to fall asleep well, on the East Coast. You should, especially if, you're, if you write or talk about college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people be will be out. over this game. Yeah. The people who matter. I want to throw this at you. Do you view Gonzaga basketball as a mid-major program? 
Well, that's the label because that's the conference. But I think we're at the point now where everybody is really comfortable seating them one, two, or three and picking them to go to a Sweet 16. So, so to your point, no, they're not no they're, they get the label because of the league they're in, but everybody realizes they're one of the big boys. They got players Why going the to the world? NBA, they're winning multiple NCAA tournament games, and you can pencil yes. it in early with a lot of confidence, and nobody looks at you weird when you say it. You're like, yeah, okay. So, so why would I label Boise, San Jose State, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, just because somebody is not saying you're a power five? Don't put limits on people, on programs. Let them decide for themselves. And these programs that I just mentioned, they are way better than conservatively, conservatively 30% of the power five. And I can make a case, and I'm just talking about this year, I can make a case for more than that. Because oh, more. So I, I would absolutely take more. We had Dennis Dodd on. And but I, said, I haven't seen him play. A lot of these Power 5 teams I haven't seen play this year because right. they haven't played. Right. Or they've only played one game. But the best, and not just the one who gets to go to New Year's 6, but the top at least five, six, seven Power 5 teams are, or excuse me, the top five or five, six, or seven you. group of five teams. Yeah, I got you. The Mountain West champ, the American champ, maybe a couple teams in each of those conferences, and maybe somebody in another league. You know, Northern Illinois had a couple of really good teams, right? Um, they are better than the bottom third of the Power Five. And most of the time, they can handle themselves against the middle of the Power Five. And Dennis Dodd agreed without batting an eye. You know, a guy who's flying all over the country, seeing a lot of these teams in person, talking to coaches, talking to Power 5 coaches, and you can see it in BYU's results last year. USC was an 8-5 and five team, they beat them. Tennessee was an 8-5 and five team, they beat them. Washington was an 8-5 and five team, they got blown out by them. Now, you go against the top third of the Power 5, it starts, that starts getting tricky. You know, that, that can be a different deal. And the Eastern 11 win team, and they dominated BYU pretty good. But you throw them up against an eight win power five team, and they take two out of three. And it's not that shocking. I mean, you can go back and look at the games they've won over the previous four, five, six years, and, and the trend pretty much holds. They can handle the bottom annually. BYU can handle the bottom and the middle of the power five. So and, that label yeah. really bothers me particularly in an individual season, just like with Gonzaga basketball. Gonzaga, Gonzaga basketball is no more a mid-major than uh, whomever is a high major in whatever conference, because not everybody is. Some of these teams suck, and I don't care what their deal is. And BYU, Cincinnati, San Jose State, Boise, blah, 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 this year, they are representative. They can compete. They may not win, win at all, but they can compete and compete favorably. That's what we got. I just, I, I get the BYU schedule knock, but I don't want to hear it this week. This week, it needs to be tabled for a week. I'm not going to let people disrespect Boise. Boise has whatever it needs. You look at the number of Boise guys that go to the NFL. It's a regular now. In fact, I can argue certainly that Boise, and this is not a stretch whatsoever, has had a better program in many of the most recent seasons than BYU has. Well, that's why Boise's won uh, 7 out of 10. You always talk about that when you play a team 10 times. What do you, what do you want? You want 7 wins. And, and BYU's yes. 0-5 up there, 
And Boise State's come down here and won a couple times. And BYU has won three of them. So it's literally seven of the last ten. All right, we're going to take a break. When, when we come back, Kyle Whittingham. He's coming up next. DJ and PK, stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Jay Hill, head coach at Weber State. Were you on Zach Wilson? Did you identify him as a potential great quarterback in high school? He was my favorite guy I saw that year. And I know that's easy to say because anybody can say that now that he's having all this success. But the reality is Betsy Sataki was recruiting him from our staff. We had him up at a one-day summer workout that we could have him here for a camp. And I watched him throw in person. He was my favorite guy for sure that year and maybe my favorite player I've ever seen in person that particular year. And that's real. I loved his film his senior year. He could throw it. He was athletic. He was a leader. And now I'm glad he's starting to show exactly what I saw because early on in his career, people questioned whether he was the right guy. And I always believed he was. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you in part by Zero Res. Put your best foot forward at Zero Res Cleaning. Zero Res. They'll help you out before the holiday season. Clean in November. Make a food donation to Zero Res, and they'll clean a fourth room for free. Forwards or backwards? Zero Res. It's the right way to clean. Call them at 801-288-9376. Zero Res Cleaning. All right, PK. Issues for Kyle Whittingham to talk about, and he's scheduled to sit down here in a minute or two, and Kyle really doesn't usually miss by more than a minute. So I expect we'll have him pretty quickly here. What can he tell us? I mean, we know what we want to know. We want to know who the starting quarterback is, and he doesn't want to tell us. And we want to know how good the secondary is going to – how well the secondary is going to perform, how good are they going to be. And I don't think he can tell us that. I think he'd like to know that. What can he tell us for sure? Who the kicker is? All right, here comes Kyle Winningham to the podium. Listen up, Kyle's media availability live here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, everybody. We'll welcome head coach, head coach Kyle Winningham now for the weekly press conference for week one. And uh, Coach, we'll start off with an opening statement, and then we'll go to questions. So go ahead and indicate in the queue that you'd like to ask a question. Go ahead, Coach. Thank you. Okay. Uh, game week finally here, and uh, that's a, a relief in a lot of ways for our guys. Been working a lot of months uh, without any opponent and uh, hitting each other, and tired of that. It's been the longest stretch of my career, and I'm sure everybody's of of practice without playing. And so it's exciting that the week is here. Uh, we definitely need this week of practice and uh, we're going to maximize the time we have. Uh, we'll be on the field today in full pads. It'll be most likely our last padded practice before the game. Uh, tomorrow's off uh, as per the uh, Pac-12 mandate. And we'll be back at it Wednesday. And that will be the normal run up to the, uh, to the game on Saturday. So guys are looking forward to it. They're eager to get going. Um, and uh, it's going to be a different game day atmosphere, obviously, with with the uh, circumstances that are involved and no fans. And so it's all it's all continuing to be uh, uncharted territory and, and new experience for our guys. But uh, that's you know the situation that we're in, and so we just move forward and and uh, hopefully we'll play well on Saturday. So questions. 
Start off with Chris Comrani from The Athletic, followed by Patrick Kinahan, 1280 The Zone. Kyle, as you alluded to last week, uh, the era of COVID can decimate a positional room really quickly. And we've seen some teams around the country have to entertain a fourth or fifth string quarterback. Who is four and five in theory if COVID were to hit your quarterback room? Okay, number four is Cooper Justice, our freshman from Oregon, who is uh, doing a great job and, and really has shown a lot of promise uh, throughout the, the last several uh, weeks of practice. He's a big kid. He's 6'5", maybe 6'6", uh, 235 pounds, uh, lefty, big arm, and uh, extremely intelligent. So it would be Cooper Justice if we get that far. If we get to number five, there's uh, two or three guys that really we'd have to sort out right now that are, that are not uh, in any sort of uh, pecking order and so we've got one through four and that's as far as far as we've gotten now hopefully we don't have to go that far but but you never know so we'll see see how things uh shape up next we'll go to patrick kinahan followed by jeff call from the deseret news you know Kyle, most of us in the media haven't seen cam rising except for spring of 2019 i think it was when he played some and we were allowed to go to the practices and since then we haven't seen him play could you describe what his best attributes are okay cam is uh first of all he's a tremendous athlete he's uh he's fast and somewhere in the four six range in the 40 which for a qb is is pretty darn good he's got decent size to him six two and about 215 pounds uh, he's got a, a strong arm, quick decision maker, and uh, he's really come a long way since he got in our program. He's done, a, I think, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about his skill set and what's changed. He's, he's doing a great job taking care of the football, whereas when he first got here, he was a little bit of a, a loose cannon, uh, trying to put the ball in spots that were uh, really there was no play there to be made and, and uh, not taking care of the football, not making great decisions. But uh, what's really improved is. Uh, along with that is his accuracy. He's, he's throwing the ball much better right now as far as uh, completion percentage. We chart every throw every single day. And so he's he's really uh, come a long way since he got here. Not that he was not a good quarterback when he got here, but Andy's done a nice job of refining him and, and uh, getting him to play within the framework of the offense. And that's not to say that he can't break the pocket and extend the play and make things happen, because that's going to be something that uh, – you know, is, is valuable to every offense is, is being able to extend the play. And that's really, to me, a difference maker. And uh, when you're looking at it from a defensive standpoint, if you get a quarterback that can do that, it's uh, it's a pretty dangerous situation for you on defense. And, and uh, he's got that ability. We'll go now to Jeff Call from the Deseret News, followed by Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, Coach, uh, what does it mean for this team and the offense to have Britton Covey back and what can you tell us about what you've seen from him behind the scenes this past year to just get back to where he is now? Well, it's huge for our offense. It's huge for our special teams. He's uh, one of the best returners in the nation. At least he was his freshman year. And and uh, we expect him to, to be very dangerous as a punt returner and a kickoff returner. Uh, he's completely healthy as far as the knee injury. And we regained his quickness, his speed. He was not himself last year. And that's why we made the decision to to sit him out after those first four games and, and not uh, utilize the year of uh, eligibility. So he was able to get a redshirt year last year. And then of course this year doesn't count. So it's like another, I guess, redshirt year, but uh, he means a lot to our offense. He's got a, a role that uh, is significant. Um, he's one of the 
best slot receivers in the Pac-12, and uh, we're expecting him to, to have an impact on our on our offense in a very positive way. Was that the entire question? Was there something else to that? I just uh, guess what did you see from him? What do you see from him this past year, kind of behind the scenes of the process of getting back to where he is? Yeah, well, first of all, he's a tireless worker. He, he, he'll rehab as well as anybody we've ever had here. He's very conscientious of, of getting himself healthy, and, and it means a lot to him. He's a great leader for us. He was uh, elected onto the leadership council. His uh, teammates really respect him, and, and he carries a lot of weight around here with the teammates. He's got a great attitude. He's always, always uh, positive and has a, lot, has a lot of juice and energy of practice. And just one of those guys, when you're around him, he uh, – he has an effect. He rubs off on everybody else as far as his his attitudes, infectious, and his enthusiasm and his his passion for the game. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, followed by Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, you guys just released the first in season two deep in the middle of the Zoom call, and just kind of scanning it, I see that R.J. Hubert is is not on the two deep. Is that an indication that he got beaten out? Is there an injury setback, or should we not look at that too closely? Well, he's uh, coming off that serious injury that he had in the uh, championship game, and he's still having some. He's not himself yet. He's still a little bit off the pace. RJ's a fine football player and a guy that, when he's right, is definitely a guy that's going to help us. But uh, right now, he's just trying to get back to to uh, where he was prior to the injury, and it's been a long, hard road for him. But uh, he's still with us, and we're optimistic that that uh, at some point, it's kind of like Britton Covey last year, a very similar situation, other than RJ is probably further behind than Britton was when he tried to, to – uh, come back and so that being the case uh, we've, got, we've had to move past him for the moment for the time being but uh, I've got a lot of uh, optimism that at some point down the road he'll he'll get back to uh, what he was prior to the injury and, and be able to start to help us again just a quick follow-up um, at left guard I mean at this point what are you looking for as the game approaches between Keaton Bills uh, and Braden Daniels those two have performed exceptionally well all camp long and all prior to that. And so they both earned the uh, opportunity to play, and they're going to play, and they're going to rotate. And as with a lot of the positions, there's a lot of positions you see a starting lineup, but there's the backups are going to get reps, and, and uh, we'll see who settles in and, and does the best job in game situations. And so there's a lot of these uh ones and twos that are very close neck and neck and you know a lot of them are listed as or but uh, some of them that are listed as one and two the two still going to get reps and and uh, see how things unfold during the course of of the season and and you can play your way into more playing time or less as the case may be depending on how you perform next we'll go to trevor allen followed by josh furlong ksl Coach, you've you've gone through a lot of different, um, you know, game week modes, and I know that 2020 is completely different. D does it have that that a different feel, or, or is it just another game week for you? It does have a little different feel, and uh, we went through uh, the other day our pregame routine, and and that's had to be changed up because not only are we dealing with, uh, you know, the 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 COVID stuff and. And those restrictions and those modifications that we had to make, but, but we don't have a locker room over at the, over at the stadium, and so that's caused us to change our route quite a bit. And again, I've already gone through that uh, a week or two ago. That we're not complaining about it, but it has definitely made the the pregame 
uh, routine change and it's dramatically changed and so we're going to do a lot of the the pregame stuff over here at our facility and then arrive at the stadium much later than we used to because of uh the need to get things done here where we have better facilities to work with next will be josh furlong followed by john coon from the associated press Kind of following off Trevor's question, you, you obviously have a couple of weeks to prepare for Arizona and be able to uh, kind of ease into them. But normally you have non-conference games before you get into the conference slate. How, how do you prepare differently or has it been different uh, to maybe previous years in terms of your preparation coming into the season? Not much difference, even though you're right, we're jumping right into Pac-12 play without uh, a preseason schedule. But, but we don't uh, or haven't prepared really any differently you got to prepare to play your best and be at your best in game one, regardless of who you're playing. And so I, I would say that the big difference in this camp has been the amount of contact because uh, we've got so many guys that we got to get up to speed. And the only way to, to get a, a true evaluation, get them up to speed is with live work. And so we don't feel like we overdid it. We're still fresh. We haven't had, uh, you know, any major run of injuries. It's been about the same as any other camp. And, and so in that respect, we, we feel like we uh, got a lot accomplished with the live work, and that's obviously over with and hasn't hasn't been any live work for several days now. But uh, that's that's been the biggest difference this camp as opposed to previous camps is the amount of live work was was much more and and uh, trying to get these guys who have never played a snap or a down of uh, college football some some live experience. John Kuhn followed by Ryan Costeca from SI.com. Kyle, uh, looking at your running backs, Devin Brumfield and Jordan Wilmore, the top of the depth chart going into the game, um, what what specific things do do each of those players bring to the running game? I mean, do do they bring kind of a different look for a defense to prepare for? Do they have like different attributes that you like that they bring to the run game? They do, and uh, Devin is more of an inside runner. He's he's our biggest back. He's two hundred fifteen pounds. He's a physical runner in between the tackles. He's a, a guy that never makes a mental mistake, uh, handles his pass protections, his blitz pickups exceptionally well. He catches the ball out of the backfield well and just very steady and very, uh, very uh, consistent in his play. Jordan Wilmore is a little more elusive, maybe more of an outside guy, although he is pretty tough in between the tackles. He'll stick it up in there. But uh, Jordan is uh, – Devin's been with us the longest. Jordan is, is a sophomore. Devin's a junior this year. But uh, Jordan has really made a lot of strides since last year. Nobody really got a bunch of work in the last several years with Zach Moss taking the, the vast majority of the carries. But uh, they both bring something to the table, as do the other two. Makai Bernard and, and uh, Ty Jordan will also be on the field and, and get their reps in, in situations. And, and they have their uh, package of plays. We're going to utilize those guys. And so it'll be a by-committee running back situation, at least early on. And again, if somebody clearly demonstrates through game reps that they're above the other guys and then we'll gravitate towards that guy. But uh, right now we, we plan on using all four and uh, we feel good about all. Ryan Costeca followed by Trevor Allen, KSL Sports. Hey coach, I don't know if you know, but uh, Covey broke the news, you know, that he's actually going to be starting a quarterback on Saturday. He let that out of the bag? Yes, he did. But uh, he did say that, you know, whoever the starter is, you know, he's been really happy with the reps they've gotten, the chemistry they developed. Is that part of your reason of why you named the starting quarterback, you know, beginning of last week, just so they can get all those first team reps? 
yeah, that's a big reason is, is for the continuity and the and the uh, the just the guy that's going to be the guy working with the ones and the and the uh, you know both the line and the receivers because that's important is the continuity and the and the comfort level with uh, working with those guys and and uh, so short answer is yes that's a, a big reason why we made the decision as early as we did also we felt like we had enough body of work and uh, enough to evaluate to make a intelligent decision next we'll go to trevor allen you guys have already got a uh, good good quarterback you guys are going to be facing in uh, grant Gannell starting out you know right out of the gates what what have you seen in his game and and, and what kind of problems could he create for your defense well, we saw a lot of him last year he's uh he was just a young guy last year you know brand new to the program he's a year more experienced and, and uh he's a good thrower he's a, he's a very capable runner uh, kind of like what you saw out of herbert when herbert was a freshman he was there's similarities there in, in size and, and style of play not saying he's he's the next herbert but but uh, that type of quarterback and and uh you know we just got to be ready for for uh anything you know offensively and you know for anything across the board for that matter it's an opener and anytime you're playing an opener there's uh, a lot of unknowns and you had a, you got to have a pretty generic and uh broad spectrum game plan that that can handle pretty much anything you see because teams can change a bunch over the course of a year so we got to be ready for different personnel groups and and things we haven't seen and they haven't put on tape in years past so so uh that's going to be a, a challenge like it is for everybody in the country in their opener it's a, it's a guessing game and and uh but but him as a as a player he's he's a very good player and, and i think he's got a bright future there do we have any more questions for coach whittingham today all right thanks all right, there is Kyle Whittingham's media availability for the day with Patrick Kinahan. Technically, very <laughs> smooth. PK, the first time you did it, that might have been luck. But that's two. That's not a coincidence. Very, very high-end tech work by you. Do you have two windows open on the same computer, or do you actually go to a different computer so you got it set up and ready to go? I use my phone. Aha. Uh-huh. For the Zoom you're talking about to get Kyle yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I got the computer, so I got the system, you know, the Comrex system that we use mm-hmm. for the remotes, that's what I'm using, and then I got the computer that I use to follow Twitter, to look mm-hmm. at ESPN, you know, as we're doing the show, see what's going on, blah, 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 so I don't want to mess with either of those two, and obviously I can't do the Comrex, but I don't want to mess with the computer, uh, so I just use the phone for the Zoom, because the phone has been, of all the stuff, the phone has probably been the most reliable, and I don't, and, and plus I have that system down now with the phone, and I know that raise the hand and unmute, so I don't screw it up and embarrass myself like I did one time, I think when they were uh, announcing the sanctions against Morgan Scally, and of course Kyle called me out on it, uh, and then after the uh, conference call, or the Zoom call, I had a private conversation with him, and I told him, if you ever do that to me again in public. So help me. And he said, and he apologized profusely. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I think he cackled, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) PJ. That's what that sounded like. I mean, I basically, I threatened him. I got in his grill. Nice. And so so he he backed down. So here with the, on how to do it with the phone, that's the way I do it. And uh, I don't disconnect, so I just go in another room, and I'm able to ask it. Because when you think about it, none of us have really seen Cam Rising. I was thinking about this, you know, what question to ask. 
And we saw Cam rising, at least I did, uh, from the media perspective, last play, real stuff that mattered to a degree, and it didn't matter completely, was spring of 2019. And then we didn't get this spring. I, there, I only went to one practice because I went down to Vegas for the uh, conference tournaments at BYU, and then at the end of the week, the Pac-12. Well, then, of course, we all got called home, and then everything was canceled as it was, and so we never had it again. So I have literally not seen Cam rising get out there very much at all hardly since 2019 and he was a red shirt and you know he wasn't really competing for the job and so i want to know and obviously the thing that stuck out at me is taking care of the ball (laughs) if you're going to play quarterback for kyle you better take care of the ball dj and pk more reaction to kyle and britain covey is coming up at nine o'clock we have britain covey in about 15 minutes uh gary anderson at 9 30 dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone let's go the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. What music reminds you of sports the most? Polka. Why? No reason. <laughs> that was on. That's another cougar. First down. <laughs> uh, How about them jazz? <laughs> I can't think of any kind of music that I would dislike more than polka music. Oh, yeah. See, this just... Wasn't this playing in the shot heard around the world? <laughs> Giants win the pennant! The Giants win the pennant! I dreamed of that night with you. Exactly. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Three throws, has Taysom Hill, wide open, touchdown Saints! Taysom Hill right down the center of the field, they find him wide open and the Saints strike from 20 yards out to take a 22-13 lead here in the fourth. This is Chevy Strong, play of the game. The Saints getting the win. It wasn't easy, but they got the win. Taysom Hill with the touchdown. Know that play today at 450. And you'll win fabulous prizes on the big show. You buying the Saints PK, the NFC, Seattle was your pick. They won again. They're six and one. And then there's a lot of two lost teams. Green Bay is now in that mix. Tampa Bay has won four in a row. They're in that mix. You're sticking with Seattle, aren't you? Yes, I'm buying the Saints. Yes, I think they are in that mix. Uh, I, I still, obviously, I'm going with Seattle. Uh, nothing that's happened this season has made me change my mind there. They are, I think, the best team that I'm, I mean, I could be wrong. I picked the Clippers to win the NBA Finals, and obviously I got that wrong. I didn't even get to the, uh, didn't even get to the Finals, let alone win it. So with that in mind, I'm still going Seahawks. But those other teams that you mentioned, Packers, was very, very surprised. Uh, didn't think it was a good effort at all against the Vikings. That's because it wasn't a good effort at all. They lost a couple weeks back. I forget who they who, who, I forget who they lost to. Uh, was it was Tampa Bay and and uh, uh, for, uh, I was going to say Favre, but uh, it's Rogers. You know, well this could be a good thing. Okay, I buy that. But then you start losing. You know, the, how can this be a good thing? I don't think it is a good thing. But it's not like it rules them out. So those those two lost teams now because most of those teams we either got seven or eight games right. So we're getting to the point where there's a fair amount of uh, evidence. So if you're a two loss team in the NFC. I think you are in the mix. 
The only one I think that would really surprise people because people think the the uh, the Saints and the Bucks and the Packers are good, and they're all five and two. Uh, but the Cardinals are five and two. So of the four, that's the one with the the least yeah. pedigree. But they got the record right there, five and two. So four teams, and then you've also got and they the, have the best win. They beat Seattle, right? And you've got the Rams and the Bears of five and three. So that that is the NFC picture right now. Uh, over in the AFC, Pittsburgh. Rams uh, very very disappointing. Oh. Okay, don't let your quarterback turn the ball over four times. The Rams with Goff with the two picks and the two fumbles, and uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. That was a completely winnable game with Pittsburgh, and he threw two picks. He fumbled three times, but they only lost two of them. Should I play the we, this guy sucks open so we can just break really <laughs> it all down? I don't know that Goff has been to a Super Only, Bowl yeah. and Lamar Jackson's yeah. an MVP, so I want to put him in this guy sucks. I mean, for three hours, they had a bad game. It was a bad game, correct. Right. But the the Ravens definitely had a good chance to take the Steelers down, and uh, you can just hear the Kyle Witter, Kyle Whittingham turnover lecture bouncing around in your noggin as you watch those guys uh, give the ball up. Vanoy caught at the one-yard line. Well, former Cougar so close to a touchdown. Yock, uh, we talked about this earlier, you know, that uh, Tua has the best winning percentage of any starting quarterback in the history of the NFL with cool at least 1, one start. Uh, and so since he's going to get his second start coming up, what are we calling this, Yock? I already forgot. Go ahead. Something about two, because well, he's 1-0, and oh, that'll be 2-0, and oh, and his name is Tua, so what's the pun? Well, it's... It'll be part two. You need, I mean, can I just and move on? If he wins, it'll be two and oh. Yes, he will. No, you have to sit back and bask in it, let alone move on. No, that's the last thing you can do. He looked a little antsy in the pocket. Unless, he's he's got to settle him down. And, you know, so what? Making his first start. Yeah. yeah, but if you get special team scores and defensive scores, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a football <laughs> savant. I don't know what a chip lock or a wheel route is, but I do believe if you get scores, special teams, and defense, that's going to help your cause. First time they've done it as a team since 1993. So really not something you can count on every week because you can really only count no, on it every quarter of a century. It was good to see a left-handed quarterback out there for the first time in a while. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Britton Covey, the U wide receiver, addressing the media. He spoke earlier today. We will play that for you next. Gary Anderson is going to join us at 930 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.